0: I know some of us uh, in pre-service prayer, we meant to say Jesus, but out came Jaguars. And so uh, if worship is any indication of how things will play out uh, later today, uh, the Patriots, I mean uh, the Jaguars, will, uh, will win the game. Well, for those of you who are visiting with us today, again, great that you're here. Uh, we're grateful that you're here and a part of our worship experience. It means a lot that... Uh, You took some time and made the effort and the energy to be here. My name is Alan. Uh, I am the executive pastor, and I have the privilege of leading us in our uh, teaching today. It'll be a brief teaching that will kind of lead us into communion. We're doing things a little differently uh, around here, and so uh, we're going to continue to prepare ourselves as we hear God's word for communion. We're in this series uh, titled No Ordinary Family. Uh, At one point, uh, I thought of calling it uh, Everybody's Normal Until You Get to Know Them. But we decided to go with this particular title. Uh, We are a crazy bunch of people here at River City Church. We are a unique family. And and us as families, as individual families, sometimes we have our own kind of uniquenesses. Uh, I know over the years in ministry, I've been in a lot of people's homes. And some of you may have experienced this, that where you walk into uh, someone's house, and there's a foyer, kind of the main entry area, And right in front of you is this picture, this sign, this piece of art that says house rules or family rules. And when you read them, it kind of gives you a sense of uh, how we roll in this particular family, how we operate. And uh, some of you may have seen uh, a couple of these signs. Uh, Let's put one up. House rules. Number one, the wife is always right. Number two, if the wife is wrong, see rule number one. So we know how things operate and how things roll in that house. Uh, Here's another one. Uh, This is for a grandparent. Home. House rules. Making memories. Endless hugs and kisses. Laugh loud. Cookie jar is always open. No parents allowed. Bedtime negotiable. Always have fun. Giggle and snuggle. Children, pardon me, grandchildren, always welcome. Kitchen open. 24 hours. What happens here stays here. Uh, Dessert comes first. and some of you may have some of these signs uh, in your home, because you really want to communicate this is who we are as a family. And in this series that we're going through, that we're titling and have titled, No Ordinary Family, and we're going to actually uh, wrap it up next week, so you want to be here. Antley's going to kind of conclude things for us. We've been traveling over the past few weeks, the month of January, as we've been working through this series, No Ordinary Family. Uh, but what does it mean to be a part of the family of River City Church. Now, in, in some sense, if you come to our website or you walk through uh, the entryway, we kind of do have some house rules or family rules. Uh, rules may not be the best term, but there are spoken uh, sentences or uh, written sentences that uh, we communicate, we constantly share, remind ourselves of that this is how we operate here at River City Church. So this will be a good reminder for those of us who are part of the family. And if you're new here, uh, this will give you a little taste of kind of how we roll here. And the statements that we use to capture our family rules are our mission statement and our four primary values. Uh, Let me read them and say a few things about them. Our mission, and you'll see it as you come in chalkboard, awakening people to the transforming presence and power of God's love. Uh, so much could be said about that, but basically we're all about the love of the Father. Our center, our core, our circumference, the diameter between the two is all about God's love. We sang about it, it's our sure foundation, and we believe and we want to embody uh, the truth that God's love never, 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 never fails. How we articulate and how we drive that and how we live that out are Primarily seen through these four values. Let's read these values. The first value we're all about encountering the love of the Father. We believe that knowing the Father's overwhelming love for us is essential to an intimate relationship with Him and each other. We eagerly seek to experience His love individually and in community. Again, it's all about the Father's love. The story of the prodigal son, where the father demonstrates his love to his son by violating so many cultural codes of that day and age so that he could demonstrate, as the song we sing, God's reckless love towards us. His unabandoned, his radical love for us. The second kind of pillar value, it's living in the power of the Holy Spirit. We desire to move in the undeniable power of the Holy Spirit exercising all the gifts of the Spirit and experiencing ever-increasing transformation and freedom. Here we believe that all the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. We believe that all the fruits of the Spirit are in operation and that as we exercise our gifts one to another, as we bear fruit one to another, we are actually giving gifts, packages of love, one to another. So if we're operating in a particular gift, whether it be prophecy, whether it be healing, whether it be encouragement whether it just be exhibiting patience to someone, we are tangibly giving love to that person or those individuals. But we can only do that in the power of the Holy Spirit. Without the power, we're doomed. We're doomed. And so we believe that. We believe in experiencing the Father's love, being empowered by the Spirit to demonstrate that love one to another. The third value, participating in the kingdom mission of Jesus. We see the kingdom of God is rooted in the words and works of Jesus. His love compels us to love all people, to bring hope and healing in his name, to seek justice and mercy, and to reflect his heart for the poor and brokenhearted. We are committed to making the good news of the kingdom tangible, understandable, and accessible. Someone once said that the essence of love is to bring love where love is not. And so that is our passion. Not only do we want to experience the Father's love experience it together in community through the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit, but also to bring that love where love is not, through ministries of mercy, through ministries of justice. And we're going to be focusing on that a bit more as we move into a series teaching series this February and March uh, that we're kind of using the language. It may not be titled this, but overflow. That the love that we experience, that we want to overflow and see it go towards the city of Jacksonville and beyond. And the final value... Building the family of faith for continued growth. We desire to cultivate authentic relationships in loving community. We seek to nurture and equip the body of believers through disciple making, leadership development, and church planting. Uh, One of the ways that I, for me, that kind of sticks and helps me remember uh, what this is all about, because we're ultimately about loving relationships. And and as I think of these four values, there are these four ways, these four words that I use to help us. We can put those on the screen if we can. It's all about relationships. It's about loving relationships. When we think of the intimacy of the Father, it's about helping people return to their original origin of family, that God loves you, that you're a child of God. That's what we're all about. In people's journey, it's helping them return to God's love and anchoring themselves in that place. And then the intimacy, or pardon me, well, it's intimacy with the Spirit, yes, but then experiencing the power of the Spirit is about experiencing restoration, relationally one to another. That's what it's all about. And then it's about reaching, reaching those that need the love of God, the mission of Jesus. And then ultimately, at the end, as a family, we want to be reproducing ourselves, that we want to be as God calls us to be fruitful and to multiply, That in many ways, as a family, we we are parenting people to reproduce themselves in the lives of others. I know that in the physical world, whether it's through having children biologically, whether it's adopting, whether it's fostering, we, we are parenting those children in order to reproduce the love and the character of God in those children so that they can do the same to their children, and it's reproduction generation after generation after generation so that's what we're all about it's about real relationships it's about loving relationships of returning restoring reaching and reproducing and so that is kind of our family rules and 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 those guide our behaviors and we wrestle with them sometimes we go man we're really lacking in this area we need to give more attention to this area but this is what drives us this is what we're about this is how we roll how we want to roll and this is can only be done by the power of the Spirit and only can be done in community and in relationships and as a family. So I'd like to uh, just focus on a particular passage here uh, just to draw some things together as we begin to move kind of towards communion. Uh, But before we do that, uh, let me pray. Father, we thank you so much just for the great worship that we experienced, uh, encountering you, experiencing you, Father, if we come to your word, uh, we do pray that you would open our eyes, that you would open our hearts, and that what we need to hear from you, your, your specific, your customized word for us today, in our specific circumstance, that you would just make that clear, Father. And that we'd leave this pace, place all the more awakened to your love. And we do pray that the Jaguars would win today, too. Amen. The scripture uh, is this, 1 Timothy 3, 14 to 15. Although I hope to come to you soon, I am writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, in God's family, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of truth. I want to just emphasize and highlight this phrase, the church of the living God which is the pillar and foundation of the truth. Now think about that for a moment. Most of us would think, well, isn't truth the foundation of the church? What Paul is saying is, no, it's the other way around. The church is the pillar, the foundation, the buttress of truth. Now what does he mean by that? Well, this is what he's saying, is that truth is not really or ultimately a rational enterprise. Truth is a relational enterprise. Truth is something that can only be experienced, can only be embodied in the context of relationships. So when we talk about the truth setting you free, which is ultimately Jesus, yes, but if you want to be set free in that truth, you cannot avoid relationships. If you're broken in some capacity, you need healing, and please, and going to address this next week in, in a great way, so you won't want to miss that, but... Relationships are the fabric, are the the fiber of our healing, of our restoration of life. It's kind of like if you're hungry or thirsty and you see a banqueting table or you see a table full of drinks. And you look at that table and you look at those drinks and you go, you know, the last time I ate that turkey or I ate, you know, that peach cobbler, the last time I drank that particular drink... I got sick, I got food poisoned, or it wasn't cooked properly, so I am not going to go through that table. We do that because oftentimes we have been broken, we have been hurt by relationships, and we wish we could bypass relationships in order to experience all that God has for us, because relationships have been hard, relationships have been mean, relationships have been dysfunctional. I mean, most of us come from dysfunctional families. And in many ways, we are being re in the church because that's what it's all about. But the point here that I want to make is that, and this is an important one, that if you want to walk in truth, if you want to walk in truth and experience truth, you cannot avoid relationships. And, and that's a challenge for some of us. And, 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 and sometimes it can be complicated. I mean, I'm a bit of a private person, bit of an introvert, and there are days that if I see a single person a mile away walking towards me, I get exhausted. Not all the time, but sometimes. There are days when I think, I don't want to go that direction because the last time I went there, it blew up in a bad way. But I've been created with hunger. I've been created to eat And i got to go to that table. i got to drink. I've been created. We've all been created for relationships. And we cannot bypass relationships, even though it's been challenging in our life and it's been painful in our life. But here at River City Church, we want to prioritize that what it means to be a family is what this is all about, this series. This is how we want to behave. This is how we want to live. I love this quote from uh, Mike Mason, Mason, pardon me. He writes this, he says, God is love, and in coming to him, we cannot escape coming through people. And some of us go, poop. There is no separation between the spiritual and the social. The way we feel about people is the way we feel about God, and the way we treat people is the way we treat God. I mean, that's God with us. When Jesus came, he is with us. You want to experience God? You experience him in the us. Because God is with us, among us. And so we need each other to experience God. Yes, there is a place for personal time with God, private time with God. But God is a relational being. And when God sent Jesus Christ to be God with us, and through the Spirit now, God is with us that if you want to experience God, you do it in the context of us. And that's tough. In our day and age, we, we live with an epidemic that's called loneliness. We live with an epidemic that is called loneliness in our day and age. Uh, this week, I was actually reading uh, the Harvard Business Review, September issue, uh, 2017, and it was uh, written by Dr. Vivek Murthy, who is the uh, general uh, surgeon of the U.S from 2014 to 17, uh, 17 I don't 17, 2017 <laughs> pardon me uh, he writes this in this uh, review: "We live in the most technologically connected age in the history of civilization, yet rates of loneliness have doubled since the 1980s." Today, over 40% of adults in America report feeling lonely. Research suggests that the real number may well be higher. My experience in 25, 30 years of ministry, I would say that it's probably 50, 55%, and maybe a bit more. He goes on, and he says, During my years caring for patients, the most common pathology I saw was not heart disease or diabetes. It was loneliness. He goes on, he says, loneliness and weak social connections are associated with the reduction of life in lifespan similar to that caused by smoking 15 cigarettes a day, and even greater than that associated with obesity. Loneliness is associated with greater risk of cardiovascular disease, dementia, depression, and anxiety. The moral of the story is, it's a lot healthier to eat ice cream together than it is to eat broccoli alone. Okay. So this afternoon, when you get together with others, you'll eat lots and lots and lots and lots of ice cream, and a little bit of broccoli later on in the night. Uh, let me get back on track here. I just got another interesting thing happened this week uh, in the news. I don't know if you. Uh, Notice that in Great Britain. For the first time in human history, a government actually appointed a minister of loneliness. Have we got that picture? The New York Times. The UK, this is back uh, January 17th, I believe that was Wednesday. The UK appoints a minister for loneliness. This is where our world is going, folks. And, And I go, what is happening With the church. What's going on? Loneliness has become an epidemic in our world. And I would imagine that probably 50% of you right now, if you were asked the question, are you truly lonely? You would say, I am. I'm really lonely. And you may be in a married family with eight kids. You may be single. Uh, You may be wealthy upon wealthy I mean, things may be going externally just in a beautiful way, but at your core, you're lonely. And there's that song that goes back, I forget who it was, Kevin, that that back in the 70s, 80s. You know, this is for all the lonely people thinking that what? Life has passed them by. Don't give up until you drink from the silver cup. Remember that song? I mean, I'm kind of aging myself here. Some of you young ones are going, not sure about that. This is for all the lonely people. If there's a particular group of people today, and it could very well include your executive pastor, that this message is for all the lonely people thinking that life has passed them by. Don't give up until you drink from the silver cup. There is a cup in a few moments that we're going to be drinking of. We're going to come to a table where it is the great equalizer. Where we are all a family. We are a family. I remember way back when having a conversation with a mentor of mine. And he said, Alan, I've come to this place that I've realized that when it comes to the church family, that faith is thicker than blood. That faith is thicker than blood. And it's not in any way to downplay our own family our own biological blood relatives. It's it's not to downplay that. But there's something about the gospel that when Jesus speaks about the family of God, he is truly talking about the real family, the real household. Whether you're single, whether you're engaged, whether you're married, whether you're a grandparent, whatever your life circumstance is, we are all the same, and we come together here serving one God, Jesus Christ, the Father, the Spirit. And we want His love just to be downloaded and demonstrated in our lives through a number of ways. So today, if you're at that place, that you're marked more by loneliness. And, and, And the human journey is one from loneliness to holiness. And holiness is is about perfection, yes, but about perfection in the context of relationships because to be holy in God's mind is to be living out the way I have designed you to live. When you smack on these drums, the drums are being holy because they're fulfilling their purpose. When you plunk the keys on this piano, it's being holy because it is fulfilling its purpose. We are called to be a church that moves people from loneliness to holiness, and holiness is all about relationships because you cannot fulfill your purpose without relationships so much more could be said i've got you know more slides gang but i'm going to kind of move us more towards communion just to be sensitive to to time and want to be able to have some ministry this morning as i was praying and as we were praying i recognized that the uh, the person who has experienced the most loneliness in human history is jesus Some of you may have, you know, you you, you go away for uh, three weeks, you go away for a month, or you travel far away from home, and you kind of have that homesick feeling. You know, that that, that feeling that just rises, and sometimes it it leads to tears. You know, I miss home. I'm sick. I want to be home. I want to be back with my family. I miss them. You've had that feeling? Jesus had that feeling, but maximize it, by a thousand times. There were moments when he, leaving heaven, was lonely. But he cultivated his relationship with his father, with the Holy Spirit, and he hung around a group of disciples called 12 that were just, you know, some odd individuals. And because of being there in relationship with those odd individuals, that kind of Ordinary, extraordinary, odd family, and he transformed the world. And he continues to, because he started with that family that is still here today. And we have a role and we have a place to continue that mission. And I know that there's a lot of stuff inside of us that needs to be worked out, that needs to be worked through. But we want it to be worked out and worked through here, because God is with us. And so that as we move to uh, communion, there are a few things I'd like to to share with us. And that is that we are a family. We are a family. You and me, we are blood relatives. And it's because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ that was shed and washes us and fills flows through us spiritually and that makes you a brother and that makes you a sister we are a blood family we are blood relatives and we need to begin to operate more and more that way to show the world that when we operate in love we demonstrate that there is a God that there is a real God whose name is love and his essence is love And so as we come to the table, and I'll explain things in a few moments of how we will do that, if you're at a place where there is loneliness inside of you, there's one person that really understands it, and that's Jesus. Bring it to Jesus. Surrender it to Jesus. And say, Lord, I've been created for relationships, and whatever has happened in the past, however dysfunctional, however abusive, however whacked out it's been, that as you look to the future, as you look forward, as you look to this year, to say, Father, how can I move forward? Last week, uh, Lee did a great job. I mean, there's some concrete practical things. One person said to me way back when, Alan, you know, as a pastor, really it's about being a relational chemist. And I went, crap. I mean, I just, uh, because I'm I'm wired in a way that It's all about it's about relationships. You can't avoid it. And so, this morning, uh, we we do actually have. I mean, practically and pragmatically, we do have a minister of loneliness here. Uh, And her name is Bonnie, Bonnie Verlander. She's our 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 coordinator of connection ministry. And uh, practically speaking, you know, we we want to help people get connected. And and there's some things that we just got to do practically and administratively to kind of help so no one falls through the cracks. And uh, we all have to do our part. We all have to initiate. And so practically speaking, one thing at minimum, that if you're wanting to get connected or begin to move towards more meaningful connections here, uh, that's one place to start, is to fill out the Connect card out there in the foyer. And then our, our minister of loneliness and I say this somewhat jokingly, is Bonnie here? No, she's still in Nashville, right? Her kids are here and they're going, <laughs> that we will do everything we can to help you get connected. Whether it's through small groups, whether it's through social groups, whether it's through events, and out of that place, who knows how God will work things out. So what I'd like us to do right now is, is, is I'll stand. And I'd like to read an excerpt uh, from a book by uh Shauna Nequest, Bread and Wine. And then I will pray, and then we will uh, partake of the elements. It's titled, Come to the Table. We don't come to the table to fight or to defend. We don't come to prove or to conquer, to draw lines in the sand, or to stir up trouble. We come to the table because our hunger brings us there. We come with a need, with fragility, with an admission of our humanity, The table is a great equalizer, the level playing field many of us have been looking everywhere for. The table is a place where the doing stops, the trying stops, the masks are removed, and we allow ourselves to be nourished like children. We allow someone else to meet our need. In a world that prides people on not having needs, on going longer and faster, on going without on powering through, the table is a place of safety and rest and humanity where we allow to be as fragile as we feel. These are the elements that represent the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ, specifically when he died on the cross to shed his blood and to break his body for our sins. But it's a table that as we come to it's a table that we need to recognize that he broke his body, he sacrificed his life so that the family of God may truly be a family of God. And so that as we partake of the elements, and this is new to you, it's simply taking a cup, and here we have grape juice instead of wine, wanting to be sensitive to, uh, to cultural issues. We have bread, we have a gluten-free option. That as you partake, what you're actually doing is saying, Jesus, I recognize you as the King of Kings, as the Lord of Lords, who has died on the cross for me. I accept that reality. I embrace that reality, and I want to live my life more and more in keeping with that reality. That's what it's all about. But it's a table that all are invited to, that all are welcome to come. And so I will pray, and as I pray, if the music team, worship team could make their way up uh, to uh, up front here. And also, if the servers could make their way up uh, here to the table uh, as I pray, uh, so that we can distribute the elements to you. Uh, But let me lead us in a word of prayer. And then what's going to happen is we will have five stations. Uh, The station closest to the screen over there, where it says communion, will be the gluten-free station over there. We're changing the location of it so it's over there. And all the other stations will be, uh, what do you call it, Wheatful? something like that. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this table and for all that it represents. I pray that we would experience all that it represents as we come and partake of the bread and partake of the cup. We are reminded of your death, but we are also reminded of a life you want us to experience as a church family. And Lord, that wherever we're at in that journey, whether it's extreme loneliness, whether it's extreme pain, or it may be just pure delight that relationships are going so well, that we bring all of that to you, Father, and we say, have your way, minister to us, come Holy Spirit, and do what needs to be done for your honor, for your glory, and for your praise. Amen.